On this Friday show, you're going to hear my chats with baseball head coach Billy Mole, who kind of had a cool experience at the All-Star Game just a few days ago. And oh yeah, having four of his players get drafted, we'll talk about all of that. Finally had a chance to sit down with women's soccer head coach Denise Shelty Brown on the upcoming season, namely the schedule, recently released an interesting part to the very beginning of the schedule that we'll get into in our second block. Since we last left you on Wednesday, a couple things have happened, and we'll talk about the new GoUSFBulls.com look on their website and how you could actually get some Bulls Unlimited related material. We'll do that in our second block. And also, boy, if I'd have known this when I was recording the show Wednesday, obviously I would have mentioned it then, but Wednesday was the birthday of our own Michael Kelly, Vice President of Athletics. The man is the greatest, and he, I know, has got a lot going on, so I just texted him, and he got right back to me, and we love him being our leader. Speaking of leaders of the football team, before we get to Billy Mole, Jeff Scott with some things that I wanted to ask him about but didn't have to because... Our buddies Ronnie and T. Kras did on 95.3 WDAE. They had the head coach on Thursday morning. And the main three bits of news. Quarterback, Chad Morris. And, of course, the indoor performance facility slash on-campus stadium. You're going to hear what he has to say on those, along with the recent development of the injury, the career-ending injury to Vincent Smoke Davis. But you want me to start off with quarterback, don't you? Obviously, you know, we can see it's a new age in college football and with the, the transfer portal has really just kind of opened up free agency, much like the, the NFL has had for many years. And so I think as a head coach in today's, you know, uh, college football landscape, you, you have to always kind of keep your eyes open and, and any opportunity to add uh, a talented player with experience, uh, I think, you, you know, you really have to look at that. And so I think for us, you know, we're very uh, excited about Timmy McLean. I mean, Timmy, you know, did a lot of uh, really good things last year. You know, as a true freshman, uh, Timmy's got a, a great future ahead of him. I think for me the biggest thing uh, was we wanted to add some experience to that room because that room overall uh, is very young with a lot of first- and second-year players. And, uh, you know, Gary's a guy that, you know, took over last year at Baylor, a team that was coming off a two-win season, and Gary was able to lead them on to a, a Big 12 championship. His experience, his leadership is something that's going to add value to that room. Um, you know, it's not my uh, intention to really uh, have the, a quarterback battle that's going to linger on into the season. You know, our, our hope is to let, you know, Timmy and, and Gary and the other quarterbacks go compete, you know, for the first half of uh, fall camp. And then hopefully we'll be able to name our starter and, and have several weeks for, for them to, to kind of be leading our team in practice. Uh, getting ready for the opener against BYU. Well, that answers everything. There will be no more questions about quarterback. Just kidding about that part, but certainly interesting and certainly different as far as wanting to have the starter nailed down during fall camp. So, yeah, there'll be a lot more questions. Unlike last year where it did sort of linger, Cade Fortin ended up getting the job and didn't last long with it. If you didn't know, he is at Arkansas now. And, of course, two years ago, it was somewhat of a revolving door situation. Don't forget Trey Marsh in that scenario as well. Now, a guy that's going to, not on the field, but get to have his say, I'm sure, in the whole offensive situation, recent hiree Chad Morris. This was not a spur-of-the-moment thing. As it turns out, Coach Scott has had his eye on Chad and has a more than slight connection to him. I've been uh, working on Coach Morris for a couple of years, really ever since I got uh, down here to South Florida, I've been trying to get him to come join our staff. You know, 
Coach Morris uh, came to us at Clemson in 2011. We were coming off of a, a in 2010 at Clemson. We were coming off the six and seven season in Coach Sweeney's second year. Uh, actually, a loss to South Florida uh, in the bowl game there in Charlotte. And Coach Sweeney made a, a change at offensive coordinator and uh, brought in Coach Chad Morris, uh, who had one year of experience as the OC at, at Tulsa. And uh, Coach Morris brought the offense that, you know, Clemson would go on to run for many years. And, you know, we ended up winning 10 games that next year, and then 11, and then 11, and then 10. And then he left to go to SMU to be the head coach, and that uh, allowed myself to move up into a co-coordinator role and, and run the same offense for the next five years there at Clemson. So, you know, I think uh, the opportunity – to bring someone down that can be an added resource to myself, number one, as a head coach. Uh, his experience at SMU, uh, very similar to, to what, you know, I'm in here at South Florida rebuilding. Uh, when he got to SMU, they had, you know, won one game the year before. And, you know, three years later, he had them in a seven-win season and a bowl game. And so I think uh, that experience is going to help me uh, as I'm working through this process. And then also just being an added resource uh, for our offense and for, for Travis Trickett, our offensive coordinator. Coach Trickett has studied Coach Morris's offense for many, many years. And so anytime you can add a, a experienced veteran coach uh, to your roster, I think is, is really beneficial. Did you hear that? Taking Clemson from 500 land to what Clemson became as the offensive coordinator. Now he is on Jeff Scott's staff. That's a pretty big deal. So the indoor performance center, I took a photo actually took it from one of our guests office yesterday if you want to hit up my twitter page at Derek sharp that's d-a-r-e-k check it out a couple guys doing jobs that i would not even want to come close to doing high up on the roof they were harnessed in but point is it looks like it's done it's not going to be quite done in time for the season certainly not for camp but soon an update there and on yes that other big future football facility as we continue giving you stuff from Coach Scott on with Ronnie and T. Kraz on WDAE. Our indoor uh, performance uh, center is, is really, uh, it looks great. And I, I just would love our, our fans to ride by campus and take a look at it. I mean, pretty much all the, the, the sides, walls, and, and everything is up. You know, I think it's uh, at some point uh, early this fall we'll be able to get in there. And our players are definitely uh, excited about that. And that's going to be a, a big next step for us from a facility standpoint. And then, the on-campus stadium, that's, that's moving right along. Um, I think the thing that's most encouraging to me and it should be very encouraging to our fans is this on-campus stadium is one of the top priorities for our university leadership, for our board of trustees, for President Law. It's at the very, very top of their list. And so uh, obviously when you're building something of that magnitude and you want to do it the right way, there's you know, processes that have to take place. But I could just kind of tell you from the, the inside that, the cadence that it takes for us to to be, uh, you know, uh, in, in a stadium hopefully by 2026 is really taking place right now. And uh, hopefully uh, sometime uh, by the end of the fall there will be uh, a lot more uh, announcements on the exact timing and, and what it's going to look like here uh, over the next few years. And one more from Coach Scott on the tough news that the Bulls lost earlier this week, one of their leaders, as we talked about on Wednesday's show, at least having the services on the field of Vincent Smoke Davis. The, one of the, the hardest parts of football is, is when you have injuries. And, man, I, it just really uh, hurt my heart to, to hear that uh, Vincent was going to have to kind of retire from being able to play football. Uh, but his, his uh, dedication, the way he played on the field, is something that I know myself and his teammates uh, will always appreciate. And I'm hoping to be able to keep him around 
this fall as a student coach. Uh, but, you know, we, we have several guys that we've really been developing uh, at that position. I think Matt Hill uh, is a young man that's, you know, moved around at some different spots back there in the back at safety. But really, uh, you know, what Smoke played for us uh, was a little bit closer, kind of a safety playing at the linebacker level on both outside, you know, coming off uh, with, with blitz pressures and those type things. So I think Matt Hill would be one of those guys, um, you know, a- along with Chris Townsell, another young player that's continued to develop. Great stuff from the head coach, Ronnie and T. Kras, my old co-workers. They're not old. I used to work with them and produce their show, as a matter of fact, before this whole Bulls Unlimited thing started up going on five years ago. And just a reminder, next week on Monday and Tuesday, it's photo shoot day for the football team. I'll be able to grab plenty of interviews, and you will hear them here on this show. And I understand there could be some pretty revealing news involving the football team today. Think about it. If they're going to be doing a photo shoot, they have to have the most updated uniforms. So keep an eye out on the USF Football Twitter page, I'm sure, for something soon. Now, the first of the two conversations I had on Thursday afternoon, you'll hear Denise Shelty-Brown in our second segment. A little bit going on this week with the baseball head coach. I got a few things to talk to head coach Billy Mole about. First of all, you know, how uh, was the trip to L.A. before we talk about the draft? And uh, did you have to, like, uh, call a friend to get a ticket? Or did you have a friend that was pitching in the game? How'd that work out? No, we actually, uh, my dad had planned this trip years ago. So he had the L.A. uh, All-Star game as a a bucket list item. So we already had our tickets and everything. And it was kind of a bonus to see Shane start it. That's incredible. I mean, what, what was it like? I'm sure, you know, you're proud of all your former players, right? But this must have been a different level. Yeah, I mean, to, to have a first time a USF Bulls ever started an all-star game, uh, it was pretty special watching him. You could tell watching him smile on the mound and stuff. You could tell he was soaking it all up, soaking it all up out there. And uh, he stayed busy. I know he was being pulled in many different directions, but it was just uh, really proud to see him uh, on the, you know, one of the biggest stages and, you know, to earn that opportunity. You had a chance to talk to him, I'm sure, a lot. But, um, you know, what he's done with the race is incredible. I'm not just talking about numbers. that people, Those speak for themselves. But just his maturity level, his improvement. And what has it been like watching that? Well, I mean, he's turned himself into a professional, um, you know, from a maturity standpoint. Uh, you know, as an 18, 19-year-old kid, you're still trying to find yourself. And, you know, now you could probably say he's found himself <laughs> and uh, he's having the success that he deserves. And, you know, I'm very proud of uh, his makeup and where he, he's come a long way from when he was a 18-year-old, you know, freshman in our program. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll get back to the Bulls here in a second, but I had to ask him all, the, the whole experience of actually watching an all-star game. And I like that must have been pretty cool. It was awesome. You know, I've, I've, never, I've been to Dodger Stadium, never seen a game there. Uh, but you're in L.A., you know, the the history behind the Dodgers and everything, and to sit in that stadium and, you know, watch a, watch a former player pitch, that's a memory you won't forget. Or probably not, will you forget the traffic, or was that okay? <laughs> you, you know what, I, there's no shot I could live there with that traffic <laughs> and stuff. Um, you know, I, you, we complain about 75 and 275. Uh, that's a walk in the park compared to L.A. <laughs> Same here, man. No thanks. Now back to what was going on earlier this week. I know that you expected Kirk would probably be the first bull to go, so let's just go in order then. I mean, um, the Phillies, whoever it was going to be, it was going to be somebody pretty pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we thought Kirk was going to go. We were hoping on day, day one. Um, got picked up day two. Really happy for him. I called him and uh, 
I told him, I said, congrats, now we got something in common. We were both drafted by the Phillies, and he just <laughs> laughed. And, uh, you know, I'm super proud of Kirk. And then just you know, right through the uh, list of former starters for the Bulls now, and Jack, I mean, what he went through last year was tough. I know it was a tough decision, I'm sure, on every party, but it probably was a smart thing to shut him down. How's he feeling, and how's he feeling about the team? Uh, Jack's Jack's thrilled. You know, kudos to Jack. Jack graduated in three years, so he's already got his degree. Um, so he's accomplished what he was set out to do as a student athlete, and that was to get his degree. And now he's got a, the chance to go live out his childhood dream and play professional baseball with the uh, Cleveland Guardians. I'm uh, trying to get used to that new <laughs> team name, but uh, he he's ec- ecstatic. I'm happy for him. Uh, you know, he is a. He was such a huge, had such a huge impact on this program just from the type of guy he was, the way he went about his business, and obviously he was a workhorse for us. So, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. Just it's funny, I talked to some of the guys from the other teams that we play, and they just love him and how he was a quote unquote pitcher, and he's 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 going to be great. Now, Brad Lord getting drafted, he's got the the velocity, he's got that slider, and was it a little bit of a surprise, or did you frankly expect it? No, you know, I thought he had the chance to go. He should have. He should have gone. I mean, it's an elite arm. Um, yeah. You know, he, there was some nerves going on between him and Carmine. I was texting with both of them. Oh. We're in the eighteenth, nineteenth round, and they're both panicking a little bit. And <laughs> you know, ten minutes later, both of them go off the board. So, um, Brad's another kid who graduated. He's got his four year degree. He did what a student athlete's supposed to do, and now he's got a chance to go live out his dream. Awesome. And then Carmine. I mean, we go on for uh, about him forever, but. Uh, just from a personal standpoint, I know that might be high up there, as high as it can be as far as being happy for somebody. Yeah, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Just what what him and I have been through, what his family's been through, what Bucky's been through. Um, and to see him, when I called him, he was actually crying on the phone. He was so overwhelmed with emotion. And uh, I know his dad was right next to him probably probably being a basket case as well um you know but i i love that family i love carmine lane uh that was a special player for our program and you know i thought it was interesting the marlins draft him as a catcher so i can't wait to see uh i can't wait to see him behind the plate uh in a marlins uniform but i'm super happy for him and his whole family it's funny we we got some friends that are uh, across the state actually in Jupiter. We're going to visit them in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to try and make that work out myself. Um, love that kid. Now, got to ask. You're so happy for everybody as we all are. <laughs> Those are some pretty big arms that, of course, you have to try and replace for next year. What's the outcome? You don't have to give any names yet. We're way far away from that. But, uh, you know, as far as how they affect the team. Oh, we brought in a big freshman class of pitchers. We also brought in uh, some Juco guys and some other transfers. So, I mean, we're, we're in good shape. Obviously, we're going to miss those guys tremendously. Um, but that's why my, what myself and the coaches in our program, that's the goals they have for these guys is to get their degree and to go play pro ball. And, you know, we've had a pretty good track record of, of accomplishing that and, you know, developing guys throughout the years and will continue to do so. So at the end of the day, we're in it for the kids. We're in it to help them reach their dreams and their potential. And um, like I said, we're going to miss them, but I'm super proud of them. They're going to get a chance to go to, to go get that dream of theirs. And then last thing, I, I know there's a lot going on in the summer. I, I can't keep track of all the Bulls that are playing right now. I know three were playing on, on one all-star team, so that's a good thing in their league. Just kind of how involved are you with a – seeing where your guys go in summer ball how involving for them and important for them is summer ball in general and without again going through everybody because there's so many how are the bulls looking in the summer 
Oh, they've been doing well. You know, obviously, Brutcher's up in the Cape. Um, you know, he's getting to live the uh, Cape Cod dream right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're all doing well. It was, it was important for our, our hitters, especially our younger hitters, to go out and get some more at-bats uh, to help out when we get to the fall here in about a month uh, to crank back up. So they're all doing well. They're all progressing well. And I look forward to getting them back on campus here in August. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that fall weather in the next month. Right. But thanks for the update on everything. Glad you had a good time out there. And keep up the good work, Billy. Thanks, Derek. They definitely have some holes to fill, but you just heard him say, this is what you want to see. Not only your players graduate, what about Jack Jaciak in three years, but possibly go on to pro careers. Now, the Bulls did a good job recruiting. Some incoming freshmen also got drafted. One that was possibly going to be able to turn pro made it official last night that he is coming to USF kid who plays shortstop and the Bulls had their two shortstops transfer out so that's no small thing. Eric Snow is his name last year. Shortstop out of Georgia hit 680 with 17 home runs. So even though baseball is technically the last sport to start we're still giving you plenty of news when it comes to that. Now the first sport to start is women's soccer. You'll hear from head coach Denise Shelty Brown along with another incredible accolade for Georgina Corrick and more when we return. This is the Unlimited Unloaded page. A couple things before we get to Denise Shilty-Brown. I guess it's not like you know Major League Baseball where these stats are readily available because the season's been over for a good month, and we just found this out, but it is still incredible. I guess they had to run through the history archives with the NCAA and confirm it. But Georgina Corrick is officially the... First ever to win the triple crown of pitching in Division One softball. That would be wins, ERA, and strikeouts. 37 wins, 418 Ks, and a .51 ERA. You can get all those details up at GoUSFBulls.com. Speaking of, awesome new look to the website. And want to congratulate slash thank Salma Dabi, who was in charge of basically making sure everything was done right. Michael Kelly thanked her personally on Twitter if you didn't see that. The two main things I was hoping just from our angle at Bulls Unlimited to have on the website, something we've never had first, the full weekly schedule. If you follow us on Twitter at Bulls Unlimited, we put out every day schedule, but it's kind of hard to fit a full week in one tweet. Now you can know it's always there. Just go to the menu, the fans section. Bulls Unlimited is the second selection there. And not only do you get some information about the station, but right there, first thing, links to the schedule and to the actual channel. And on the main page of GoUSFBulls.com, lower right corner, is where we're going to drop audio. Now we're going to keep the SoundCloud page, the unlimited unloaded page. Here's how we're going to do it. We're just going to put full shows on that page. On GoUSFBulls.com, as opposed to the full show, we'll just give you the interviews by themselves. So if you just want to hear an interview from the program, boom, you don't have to scroll through the whole thing. Probably end up putting previews, even though they're from Bulls Beat, of games each day of game, that kind of thing. And of course, full highlight packages. Here on the show, we'll set up the highlights, but what we'll do on GoUSFBulls.com is every single game we air, we'll put a highlight reel on that page. So looking forward to that. And you can also find the podcasts there Lower right corner, bull speed ahead, namely with Michael Kelly, and we're looking to add some programs down the line. Now, as I said, the first sport to kick off is coming up shortly. Always love talking to the longtime leader of the Bulls on the pitch. Pleasurable to see Denise Shelty Brown in person. It means the season's almost here, and we're going to get crazy and yell and scream. Not a lot of yelling and screaming during the summer, but we're going to 
in measured tones talk about the release of the schedule right here in front of us saturday august the 6th is the start of the exhibition season so that means practice starts like a couple weeks before then uh or or is it closer to the day tell people how close to the first (laughs) exhibition you guys actually start practice well i'm gonna try to talk in calm tones today derek (laughs) and i'm just excited to be back with you (laughs) and talking about our season and yeah, it's a little um, crazy, maybe the craziest start we've ever had. We meet on August 4th, but that's just meetings. We don't put on any cleats. Okay. And then we put some cleats on on August 5th, and we have two training sessions before August 6th. Is one of those training sessions the same day as the game? That's different. You're right. Well, no, we'll do two on the 5th, <laughs> okay. one on the 6th before the game, oh and then we'll play. So to be fair, three training sessions. <laughs> But we're going to, you know, we think about the Jacksonville game as, as, as I'm sure they are, as, um, you know, a training session with some more realism to it. And we have so many new players. It's actually a really fun, great opportunity. Um, not positive because we haven't run it by Jacksonville, but we'll probably play three 30-minute halves and everybody will get a look on the field. And, you know, if I was a freshman or an incoming player, I think it's kind of an exciting start to preseason. You get to play an actual game right off the bat. So <laughs> Gets their attention. You know, I'm a half glass full kind of girl so that's what i'm thinking i can't remember a regular season starting on a sunday has it um i could not tell you that i don't see i'm not crazy you know for us as coaches i don't know that we really um think about the start of the season being on sunday the start of the season for us is literally august 4th the day they walk into Mm. that meeting room we're Mm. just locked in you know the season begins and it's intense and it's short and you just got to have, you know, everything being all in at that point. So, no, I've never really thought about that. It's the Lord's Day, so it's going to be a good day. I like it. I like it <laughs> a lot, obviously. That's FGCU. We're not going to go down every opponent, but some of the highlights. First of all, I thought it was interesting and probably intentional on your part, even though I know you played them a few years ago, but to get in a future, a soon-to-be full-time conference opponent in Texas San Antonio. Was that something you were thinking about doing? You know, Chris Brown is from Texas San Antonio area. So we had scheduled them a couple years back and we went out there and played them. And it was great to see, um, get to, you know, be in that area where he grew up and, uh, and play them and they were a good opponent. So they actually owed us a return. Gotcha. Um, so it was kind of a coincidence that they owed us the return and that they'll be coming in the conference. So we'll get a glimpse of each other early you know, start taking notes this year. Of course, we'll get closer to the season. We'll talk more about the conference and the familiar foes, but maybe not as familiar. Of course, the Gators familiar, Miami familiar, going to Georgia. So last year was all the SEC teams coming here. This year, it looks like it's the reverse. Uh, How did that one come to be? Yeah, I'm really excited about Georgia. I love the school um, going up there to play. They have some great facilities and it's a great program. Um, I think that we should, probably should have been playing each other all along. I mean, it's it's not too far away. Similar weather, great programs, great conferences. So hopefully this will be a, a consistency, you know, for us to get to play Georgia. And um, just looking forward to the game. I wish I could tell you how it came about, but I don't do the scheduling. Chris Brown, so he's done a great job with the schedule and, um, you know, building relationships with the coaches to get, you know, to get this balance. I really like it. Well, I know he has a good relationship with you, and I hope so anyway. <laughs> does he run run stuff by you before it uh, gets stamped, or does it, he stamp it you and know, then tell you? After, what, 20 years of coaching together? No, I don't get the run by. I just, uh, <laughs> let's go, let's go. Here's the schedule, <laughs> yeah. Denise. Hope you like it. Yeah, I, tr- I trust him, that's for sure. And then a week after that, and of course, actually, in between, you head to Houston to start off conference play, and then a non-conference game again at home against Kansas 
Big 12, the teams that we've seen are always pretty talented. I'm sure they're right there with that. I'm really excited about that addition to our um, schedule because typically once we hit conference play, it's all conference play. And um, Kansas is going to be like a really tough opponent, um, very athletic, very well coached, um, a really great challenge. And I think, you know, setting that tempo of having that challenge, um, you know, in the middle of your conference, hopefully like raises our level. Mm -hmm. And as it raises our level going into the rest of conference play, it kind of I'm hoping it's like a springboard. I'm going to jump into that one myself. I'm just springboard puns. It's too early. It's too early to get. (laughs) (laughs) Now I got to come up with an even better one. That won't be hard. And then last but not least, obviously, we're going to talk more about the individuals once we see them. Uh, But you you alluded to such a young team. Uh, In in general terms, how young are we looking? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We are probably half returners, half new players. Um, Some very exciting incoming players. Really talented group lots of depth um very exciting in the goalkeeper position Mm. obviously with that maturity of Sydney Martinez and experience she just won the golden glove um in her summer league so that was incredible we got a lot of eyes on her and to to hopefully get drafted awesome after the season but then you know you got um Arden who is just young and flying and cat with that experience and um, and knowledge just you know battling it out and then we have a young Maddie Holcomb who has been working very very hard and uh, and challenging all four of them so it's going to be a great battle and goal very excited to have that depth and, and all four goalkeepers I think are you know our, our girls were proud of wow that's just gives an idea if you're, you know, if you're looking at one person on the team and just assuming they're the starter maybe not because maybe they're going to be not. challenged by the youngsters all right well i'll be talking to a lot of them at the photo shoot in about a week's time and then seeing them on the pitch shortly after that looking forward to another season thanks denise go bulls derek go bulls for those who didn't know Chris Brown would be her husband and assistant coach. We actually are doing the photo shoot for women's soccer next week. So, yeah, we are going to load you up with interviews here on Bulls Beat. That's going to wrap up the Friday show. Got some stuff planned with men's basketball. Don't want to jinx it, but I would say we'll have some more conversations on Monday. And then, again, tons of football and women's soccer in addition next week. Horns up this weekend. I'm Derek Sharp.